So this week is all about self-limiting beliefs. So you've heard me talk about mindset is the key to absolutely everything with this. So you don't really need me to tell you what to do in terms of getting active, looking after your nutrition. You can Google all that. You can Google what calories you need, what protein you need. You can Google that. But the mindset part of how you approach this journey that you're on and it'll be an ever-evolving journey you'll start off wherever you are now and then you'll reach your first goal and you think oh I want more of this and um, so reaching the goal is actually the biggest anti-climax of all it is it's really like oh the journey is the good bit the journey is the bit where you discover what you're all about what you can overcome what you can achieve if you just put your mind to it um Jeanette I think you put on the um, page about like this is hard it is hard it's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. If it was easy, I wouldn't have a job. Nobody would need me to help them on their journey because it would be easy. But your self-confidence and your self-esteem and you discovering what you're actually capable of comes from, and I'm just letting somebody else in, comes from overcoming hard stuff. So this stuff that you think is hard just now, um, six weeks, 12 weeks, however long the period is, that'll be easy. That'll be the easy stuff. So um, years ago, I used to run all the time. I used to run fairly long distances. I've only started really running again in the last year. Um, and today I did a run longest I've done in five, six years. Now, five or six years ago, that was easy. That wasn't a thing. I've told everybody I've met today. <laughs> I've put on Instagram. Because it was something that I didn't think I'd be able to do that distance again. So the hard stuff just now in the future will be the easy stuff. And then you'll realize that finding the hard stuff and overcoming it and doing it is actually quite addictive. So you'll set another goal. So we're going to talk about the way we talk about ourselves. And we're going to continue this all week. We're going to be looking at how we talk to ourselves, what messages we give ourselves, what stories we tell ourselves, what nonsense stories, I'm going to say from the start, we tell ourselves, and then how your actions, behaviors fall into place at the back of it. So we're kind of putting the habits and behaviours that we were looking at last week in terms of what do you need in place to get to where you want to go and then how we can positively influence these behaviours so that they become easy. So, oh, some self-limiting beliefs. So self-limiting belief is something that you tell yourself. Now, we tell ourselves these things for a variety of reasons. But the biggest one is probably that you're scared of failure. So if you already tell yourself you're a failure from the start, that I can't lose weight, for example... I can't lose weight. Well, then if you try and you fail, then you were right. We like to be right. We like to be right in what we say. So if you think that there's a chance that you'll fail at this, if you tell yourself from the start that you can't lose weight, then hey, we're right, aren't we? But luckily, the opposite is true. If you tell yourself you can do things, you're way more likely then to do the habits and behaviours required to do the thing. So examples of self-limiting beliefs. These are big ones that a lot of my clients will say. I'm a binge eater. I can't lose weight. I'm no good at writing, which is one, a personal one of, of mine. I didn't like, as a kid, I still don't like, as a kid, reading books, fictional books. I'll, if you give me a book about nutrition or mindset or anything like that, I'll read it all day long. That's a lie as well. I'll listen to it. I won't read it. <laughs> but so at primary school, my teacher said, I'm never going to be any good at writing because I don't read. Um, and so that stuck with me. I couldn't actually tell you what teacher it was, but I remember that was the message. I'm not good at writing. Fast forward to my 40s, I start an online programme and you've got to be able to write online pieces like bits of content. 
And I was like, oh God, I'm not good at writing. How am I going to do this? Well, do you know what? It turns out I'm all right at it. And it turns out I actually quite enjoy it. And that was all without reading books, without reading books. So stories that either you have told yourself or someone else has told you. So parents can inadvertently give you messages about who or what you are. As a teenager, I had an eating disorder and my mum had always been overweight, always, always overweight. She's not now, but like for my whole childhood, she was overweight. And she used to say to me, oh, just you wait. You'll be overweight. I'm not blaming my mum for any of this, but this was like, just you wait. You know, you'll be overweight. And I think I kind of went, no, I won't, because I saw how miserable my mum was. And I thought, well, if being overweight makes you that sad, and she was always on a diet, she was doing that, most of you are of that age. And Jillian, you might not be, but Mad Lizzie, the Mad Lizzie videos. She used to do them um, in the morning and she was just miserable, always dieting. And I think I thought, oh, that's not for me. And then went the complete opposite way with my eating. So in order to have this, because I was told I was going, when I hit, I hit puberty, I was going to be fat. So as soon as I hit puberty, I cut back all that food because look at the misery my mum was in. Um, I always fail. I can't do that. I must hear that 50 times a week in the gym. That person has walked to the wall and the wall is read out to them of I can and I will. Weekends are harder to stay on track. And the biggest one of all, I'll try. That's right, you will try. But trying isn't doing, is it? It gives you an out. So pop in the chat. What are some of your self-limiting beliefs? What is the things that you tell yourself? We future script things. So I, for example, will tell myself, I'm going to be too tired. I say that all the time. I'm going to be too tired. We had a big weekend of commitments this weekend. 12 hours at a dance competition yesterday. We walked in at half past eight and we walked out at half past eight. I could not believe it. So we went home till 10 o'clock. We left at seven in the morning. Um, and so my mindset was, I'm going to be so tired on Monday. I'd written the story about Monday before it had even happened. I feel absolutely smashing today. Not tired at all. Feel absolutely great um and there's various reasons for that that we'll go into as well um but yeah I'd already written the story about what a disaster and what a, a nightmare today was going to be how rubbish I was going to feel it's not the reality at all um so uh Jillian say not good at anything I'll always fail I can't do it I'll never finish anything that was something else that was always told to me Alana was you never finish what you start and I didn't I get bored too easily I'm like, mm, no. uh, thinking I can't do it, Louise is saying. So what we're going to look at is what evidence do you have for this? Now, there may well be some evidence, so I'll always fail. So um, Gillian, was it Gillian that said that? Yeah. Oh, it's all jumping about everywhere. Um, so it may well be that you have failed at things in the past. Welcome to the human race. There's like a million of us, if not more. Um, so you may well have failed at things in the past, but have you failed at everything? I know for a fact that's not true. So no, you haven't. So we go with a negative bias because you may be failed at one thing, then I'm going to fail at everything. Um, Jeanette, I can't do it. Um, I've seen you do stuff. You can do it, and you will. <laughs> but think about how nice and protective that is if you say, I can't do something. So let's use... The box jump in the gym, that's a big one for everyone. It's a, that's a big mindset thing. It's more mental than ever is physical jumping on that box. So if you say, I can't do it, 
Well, then we've kept ourselves nice and safe because if you try and jump on it and you fall and you land on your knees, you might feel a bit silly. You might feel like you're the only person that's ever done that. 100% you are not. I have done it a million times. Although I learned to jump on a wooden box that had very sharp edges. So I probably learned a wee bit quicker because <laughs> you hurt your bloody shins. Um, but think about how that protects you. So you're doing your brain works in this way to try and protect you. It's trying to be nice to you, but it also limits you. So a good way to do that is I can't do it yet. So maybe you can't jump on a box. Maybe you can't jump on the 20-inch box. So that's a really high box. Maybe you can't do it yet. Can't do it today. Doesn't mean you can't do it full stop. And you never put a full stop there, so that's good. Um, I'll never finish anything, Alana. That's possibly something from the past. Like I say, for me, that was I, I still remember. I, I, I must have been about eight years old. And one of my friends said it to me. I still remember her saying that to me in her hallway, just going in her door. He said, I'm not doing it with you because you never finish anything. I was like, mm, do I not? But I, now I see that as a good thing because I've done more in business. Obviously, I have to finish things. <laughs> um, but the things that I don't finish are generally rubbish. So I kind of see that as a skill now because instead of wasting loads of time on something that's either not that good or not going to work, I just pull rank on it. And then, of course, there's things that do work and I maybe don't enjoy it. There's so much admin with this job. I am not an admin person, but I don't enjoy it, but I'll see it through because I want the outcome. So if we relate that to a fat loss journey, maybe I don't want to do it just now. Maybe I don't want to kind of finish this meal prep or whatever it is. But do you know what? I want the outcome. So it's maybe worth knuckling down on. And Louise thinking I can't do it was told I'll never work in finance when I'm actually working in a finance role. Again, that's somebody else's self-limiting belief that's been put onto you. And we take it as gospel, don't we? My private school teacher never had a bloody clue what she was talking about. Whoever told you you weren't going to work in finance never had a bloody clue what they were talking about. But we take it as gospel and we take it to heart and we think, right, well, that must be true. Um, Jillian's saying there's loads of others that you could use, but I'm stuck myself now since joining since joining you, I feel them creeping in and stop myself saying it, 100%. This is not about, you will always have 100% confidence and you'll never doubt yourself and you'll never have a self-limiting belief in the past, but this is about recognising it and challenging it. Um, so what evidence do you have for these? So like I say, you might have some evidence that maybe you failed at something in the past. I failed my driving, list, um, my driving test twice before I passed. Think about when you were a baby, how many times you failed to walk. But guess what? You got back up and you tried again. If only, if only we could get that back again. Imagine if you just gave up when you failed a couple of times at being able to walk. Don't just be sitting on our bums. Can you, can you prove that belief to be true? So imagine you were a judge or a jury and you've got to prove beyond reasonable doubt that that is true. So for example, I can prove beyond reasonable doubt that I have blonde hair, that I, that I don't have blonde hair, sorry. I can prove that I've got black hair. There's blonde bits in it, but it's black and a bit gray, to be honest. But can you rewrite your story? So what can you prove and what can't you prove? Now, going back to we like to be right, you will find every reason to be right about the fact you can't do something or you always fail, you'll find every reason. But if you had to prove that in a court of law, could you? And I bet you can't. I bet you can't and I bet I could challenge you on it. So how, how do we rewrite these stories? So it can be as simple as I can't do it yet. There's lots of things I can't do, but does that mean if I didn't put my mind to it that I couldn't do it? Probably not. I'm quite a stubborn bugger. <laughs> when I put my mind to something, I, I do it. But 
can't do it yet. It can be as simple as that to rewrite the story. It doesn't have to be this big thing. I can't do it yet, but if I try and do five box jumps before I leave the gym every day, I bet you could do it in two or three days. But we keep ourselves nice and safe by saying, I can't do it, because then if we fail, we're right. Told you, can't do it. Imagine if you could just believe in yourself a wee bit more of the things you can do. Um, this is a quote from a book, which name escapes me at the moment, but it's not my quote. But whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. So that's a quote by Henry Ford. Um, I love it because if you think you can, you'll do it. So if you, I had a girl who started, it was the very first six week program that we did. Um, and she said, I'm going to lose 10 pounds in this. And she'd struggled with fat loss and she probably had about three and a half stone to lose. But in the six weeks, she challenged herself to lose 10 pounds and she put the beginning and then she wrote herself a story about it was the end of the six weeks. Um, and she was saying how she just stepped on the scales and she'd lost 10 pounds and she feels amazing. So she did this on day one, off her own back. This was an exercise I had her do. And she did it. She lost that 10 pounds. She didn't find it easy. There was trips in the road. There was days where she went completely off plan. In fact, there was two days where she, the fuck it switch went. It absolutely went. But she still, because she believed she could, she pictured it and she connected with the feeling of it. So one of the great predictors of success is your thoughts about your ability, not your actual ability. So I'm going to read that again because it's very powerful. A predictor of success is your thoughts on your ability. So whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. So you decide when which part you want to be right on. Would you like to be right on... The fact that you can and prove yourself right there, because whichever thought you have, something you'll do something to prove yourself right. Or would you rather think you can't and prove yourself right? The other thing to explore here is what if you do fail? What if you fail six times, but you nail it on the seventh time? You still nail it. You still nail it. Um, with the high rocks training, I love high rocks. For those of you that don't know what it is, you will have done some of the, the moves in class, but wall balls, absolutely shocking at them when I started. I'm not even that much better, and it's exactly a year since I started training for high rocks. I'm small, so it's quite hard for me to reach the target. I've got to jump up, which makes me really, really out of breath. And I just couldn't catch the bloody ball. I think my hands were too small or whatever it was. But I'm absolutely rubbish at them. But I took that as a challenge on and that I'm going to get better at them. Like I say, I'm not amazing at them now. Um, but I was determined I was going to get better at them. Now, if I just said, I'm rubbish at ball balls, and I was doing doubles, um, high rocks, which means you spot it between you and your partner, and you don't have to do half each, you do as much as you like. I could have just said, I'm going to get Sarah to do all the wall balls, because she's really good at them. She's tall, and she just bashes on with them. I could have just said, I'm going to leave her to do them. But I was determined, absolutely determined. And guess what? I'm not amazing, but I'm much, much better. So having the mindset that I can or I can't is proactive versus reactive. So when you're being proactive, it means you're taking the initiative. You're being responsible for your own lives, your behavior, and it's a function of your decisions, not a consequence. So you have got ultimate control. And we've spoken about this. We've spoken about how you do have control over your habits and behaviors. It doesn't always feel like it. But at the core of it, you do. So think about where your mindset or your self-limiting belief is influencing these behaviours that you maybe feel like you don't have control of, but you do. And we have to take another step back in the journey and go to mindset first. 
So if you're being proactive, you're taking the initiative, right? I know I'm going to struggle with snacking tonight. I know that's going to be a bit of an issue because that's happened in the last two weeks. Can you believe this is week three, by the way, for the six weeks, guys? Week three. Um, so I know that's a problem. However, if I'm proactive about this, so one of the girls in one of the previous programmes had little packs of like nibble sweeties that were 100 calories. She weighed them all out, counted them all out, and she knew that she could go and nibble on some sweets, and that pack was 100 calories. She didn't have to wait out at the time. She didn't have to um, track it. She had a little thing of 100 calories. She knew what it was. She knew there wasn't any protein or fiber in it, so it didn't matter. She could just put 100 calories into my fitness pal. Reactive are driven by feelings, circumstances, and conditions, and by, the, by their environment. So, for example, it's raining. We can't do anything about the fact that it's raining. But if you've got steps to get in, you can get some waterproofs and some wellies on and go out. You can take control of that. It's not the end of the day. It's not going to be the most enjoyable walk you've ever done. That being said, I did go out once with the dogs in the torrential rain and I stayed out for ages because once you've got a wee bit wet, you're wet, aren't you? It was lovely. Um, and proactive people are driven by their values. So whatever your why is in this journey, so there's lots of different whys. A lot of them are about feeling good. So whether that's feeling good in your clothes, whether that's feeling good in terms of your energy, whether it's feeling good because you can run about with your kids or your grandkids, whatever the why is, that is your value. That's what you want, your value, not your value, but one of your values. And that's what's going to drive you. So if you can keep the end goal in mind of, I want to feel really good. Well, how do I proactively go about feeling good? So again, my story I was telling myself about today about how tired I was going to be and how horrible today was going to be, um, which was nonsense. The proactive steps that I took around that was that I got my early morning classes covered this morning so I could have a lie-in. However, my body's an idiot, so I'm still awake at five o'clock. But instead of getting up and going for a run or going out with the dog or whatever, I got up, I sat, I had some coffee, I did a meditation, I journaled. And then I just sat until the kids got up. And it was a much slower, nicer morning, which is something I hardly ever do. And then I've been out and done my amazing run. Um, and I'm still full of energy. I'm thinking I need to get to bed because I've got to get up at five now to actually do the class tomorrow. But that was being proactive about what I could see was going to be a problem today. It wasn't. And you could argue, because I was a bit proactive about it, I wasn't up. Um, I get, I'm not great with noise and loads of flashy lights and stuff. And I had 12 hours of it yesterday. This was loud music, kids everywhere, flashy lights, total disorganisation. I was frazzled. So probably that slower morning of just a bit of peace and quiet has set me up for today. That would have been an interesting experiment to do. So proactive, reactive, you can choose. So you're in control of your behavior. It's a product of your conscious choices based on your values rather than being a victim of your current circumstances. So we can blame the weather. We can blame, I can blame my parents for um, telling me I was going to be fat when I was old. I can blame all these things. But the flip of that is that I can consciously choose to do something about it. Um, as a sideline, there was a really, it was a tiny, tiny wee boy, I was going to say he's about eight, doing a TED talk about you make choices and that if you've got bad parents, you can still make good choices. So if your parents are criminals and drug addicts, you can still make choices to not be a criminal or a drug addict. And the opposite is true. If you've got amazing parents that are lawyers and, you know, well-to-do people, you can also make bad choices 
and you become the criminal and the, the drug taker. So it's all about choices. You have the power to control those choices. So if we drive that from our self-limiting beliefs and change that self-limiting belief, and then make proactive choices towards your new story or your new belief, the world is your oyster. You can, you can do absolutely anything, and this goes way beyond fat loss. So just remember, you can have a positive influence, whatever you want, and it's help you serve others. So when I make good choices for me and I look after me, I am a much better mother. <laughs> I'm not crabby. I'm a much nicer partner. I'm a much nicer friend, and I'm a far better coach. I know I am. When I'm tired and feeling a bit, I haven't looked after myself properly. There's two things that happen with me when that happens. One, I feel like a bit of a fraud because I am telling other people to do it and I'm not doing it. But that's when we go into this kind of reactive mode. Um, but the other thing that happens is I don't, I'm not enthusiastic about it. And I like being enthusiastic about it because I am. So how can I proactively make decisions that are going to make me feel like that every day? And that influences other people as well. So it influences you, it influences my kids my relationship with James, my relationship with my friends, it has a ripple effect. So start thinking about what proactive, positive choices you can make. So we want to make create a paradigm shift. Now, until I'd done the seven habits of highly successful people, I'd never heard of the word paradigm, but a paradigm is your point of view. So your story you're telling yourself. How can you change that and create a positive one that allows you to deal with difficult challenges? There will be challenges, life's full of challenges, but how can you proactively take those challenges on? Focus on what you can influence and be un unapologetically you. I love that because I think for so many of my years of my life, I was all trying to be someone else. I didn't really think that anybody would like me. Um, and it's not a nice place to be at all, but actually when you relax, and I think when I became a coach, that was amplified because you're on social media. When I go out and like to Costa, everybody knows who I am. And that, that can be a big pressure. But if I'm just me, and you get the me that everybody else gets, and this is not a facade, then that's so liberating. So you can't say, well, Fiona's like this on when she does her live, but I saw her in Costa and then, and she never spoke to me and she was a bit grumpy. That, that might happen often in my own world. Um, so what are your current perceptions, values and beliefs? So I'm going to tell you a story about two shoe salesmen. They're both sent to third world countries to sell shoes. And first salesman goes out, comes back, he's not sold a thing. He's like, I can't sell anything here. Like, no one wears shoes. I can't sell shoes. No, nobody wears shoes. So he hadn't made a single sale. And the second salesman came back early saying, I'm sold out. And he said, how on earth did you manage that? And he said, well, no one's, no one's got shoes. I sold shoes to everybody. Nobody had shoes. So they had the same circumstances, the same set of tools, the same product, but their viewpoint. So one was like, I can't sell shoes to anyone. Nobody wears shoes. Second one is, nobody wears shoes. <laughs> this is amazing. I can sell to everybody. So one was really successful based on his mindset and viewpoint, and the other one bombed because he gave up because nobody wears shoes. So I can't sell any. So think about how, given the same set of circumstances, and this is what happens a lot of the time, especially with my clients, you guys are all really similar. You're all very different, but you're all really similar. And the challenges you have, the time constraints that you have, none of us have got loads of time to do loads of food prep and train for hours and go for big luxurious walks all the time. None of us have got time for that. You've all got the same challenges. 
But some clients go all in and absolutely do what it takes and others say, I can't. And we'll, I'll go back and just reiterate about reasons and excuses. There are sometimes reasons. I didn't get my steps in yesterday. I was doing laps around the block only to get away from the flashy lights and the music. But I didn't hit my steps yesterday. There was a very good reason. I was driving for what, three and a half hours and then sitting in a hall for 12 hours. That was a reason, that wasn't an excuse. Now, if I was on, when I was on photo shoot prep, I would have had to find time. So I didn't get home till after 10 o'clock last night and I would have had to find time to do it if I was on a photo shoot prep, but I'm not. So that was the reason why I never got my steps in. An excuse would have been, I was just really tired. I couldn't be bothered. That's an excuse. Reasons are reasons. And there'll be some days where you don't hit your goals because there was a reason that's out with your control. But the important thing is we control the things we can control. So your attitudes and behaviours grow out of your assumptions that you make about things. So going back to um, me thinking I was going to be absolutely exhausted today, I took a lot of work off my plate. And actually, I put it all back on today because I'm absolutely fine. We don't see the world as it is, but as we as we are or are conditioned to see it. So think about how you predict the future a lot, how you decide that something's going to happen. I'm not going to be able to lose weight. I'm, I'm not going to be able to jump on the box. I'm going to fail. None of us, as far as I'm aware, are clairvoyants and can see into the future. But if you go all in and decide, I'm going to try my bloody best, and if I fail, Remember, I always say the only time you fail is when you quit. That's the only time you fail. So you might fail several times. You might not. But go back to if you've given up trying to walk after falling down twice, where would the human race be? You can't get on this topic without having a Johnny Depp picture in there. But the problem is, he says, the problem is not the problem. Your problem is the attitude about your attitude about the problem. He'll say again, the problem is not the problem. The problem is your attitude attitude about the problem. Um, so think about it. When, again, the shoe salesman scenario, two very different perspectives and two very different outcomes based on their attitude to the situation. So like I say, life will throw you lots and lots of challenges, but you can say, bring it on. My wall ball um, scenario, I could have just went, I'm crap at these. Sarah, you do them. Or... I could go, do you know what, well, well, you're not getting the better of me. I've had it in the face. Um, I've had a uh, rope burn on my face because it landed on my face and I tried to catch it the same down, scraped it down my face. But I'm 10 times better at them now. So think about your attitude to how it is. All right, your why. So going back to you'll be driven by your values. So what are your values? So I'm going to give you an example of another coach that I know. And he is driven by money. He wants to make his millions in online coaching. And he wants to do it by sitting at his desk all day, doing nothing. And that's his value. And that's fine. If you're out there to make loads of money, absolutely fine. My values are very, very different. My values are to help people. Of course, I want to make money. I need to pay bills. <laughs> and this is the job I've chosen. But it's not my driving force. Um, my accountant had said, like, what's your income? I've got a clue. I've got a clue. I don't look at it. I don't care. What I look at is your check-ins. What I look at is who's in the gym this week, who's smashed whatever challenge they've done. That's what drives me. 
he's dived and bombed and dived on every attempt and he reinvents himself all the time because his value is not to help people. So he'd be better going off into some kind of corporate role and making loads of money there. That's his value and that's what drives his behaviours. But his behaviours don't line up with the, the field that he's in. You need to care about people in this field. You need to actually give a shit about whether they succeed or not, not whether they sign up. You need to care about whether they succeed. I turn people down for programmes if I don't think it's right for them. Um, and again, any business person would say that's terrible. But that's not how I do things. And again, this comes back to being unapologetically you. I don't follow. I've had business coaches in the past saying you have to do this, you have to do that. doesn't sit with me. does not sit with me at all. So one of them had suggested I get someone to um, message all you guys and pretend they're me. That doesn't sit with me. No. But it saved me loads of time. Yeah. But one, I wouldn't know what anybody was doing. And two, it's not authentic at all. So what your values do. So I make more work for myself, but I can look at myself in the mirror at night and say, I've done a good job. And that's what matters to me. So my why is to help people. In turn, I have got a far more successful business than he has because the values are driving the actions. The actions are getting what people want. And that brings more people to me. So at the end of the day, the value driven drives my behaviors. So what are your goals for this day for the week? Why are they important? And then why is that important? So we want to keep going with the why. Why is it really important that you do the stuff that you don't want to do? Um, Louise is saying you love getting personal voice notes and feedback. <laughs> Not everybody does. And I don't mean clients, I mean like my husband. He's <laughs> like, I can't listen to these five minute long voice notes. I hate typing. Um, so yeah, getting down to your why. So I want to lose weight. Well, why? Well, I, I feel a bit uncomfortable. Well, why? Just like an annoying child. Just keep asking yourself why and you will get to the crux of why it is really important to do the stuff that you do need to do even when you don't feel like doing it. And you'll get to that important bit. If you're really driven and really connected to that really important reason why. So it might be feeling comfortable in my clothes. Well, why? Well, I don't feel good about not looking after myself. Why? Well, because I see other people watching me not look after myself. Maybe it's your kids watching you. And again, if you do have kids, that's a really important message to give them about looking after yourself. I think especially if you've got a daughter, so it's very easy. So my mum did everything in the house. My dad sat and watched TV and my mum did everything. Think about what message that Dan sent to me. And I suddenly went, no, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> You've got two arms and two legs. You can do stuff as well. But think about the messages. And if you're always not looking after yourself, your daughter's then going to grow up and do exactly the same thing. Or your son is going to expect his wife to do the same thing. So what is really important about looking after you? And why is it important? And what are the consequences of not looking after you and not doing what you said you were going to do? If you keep going, so you guys have all signed up for this and I'm guessing it's not because you felt a little bit rubbish. Usually there's a point where you're like, I, I need to change. And normally it has, you have to be feeling a big bit rubbish to, to decide to pull the trigger and make the change. What are the consequences if you just keep going as you're going and you don't make any changes and you don't do what you said you were going to do? And then what's possible if you do do what you said you were going to do? So just like my client who fast forwarded to six weeks and said, I am losing 10 pounds. She visualized it. She stood on the scale. She could feel the success. She connected with it and she did it. So if you guys do anything on the back of this live is write yourself your diary entry in 
three, five, six weeks time, whatever it is, and you've hit your goal for this six weeks and write down, I've just stepped on the scales, I've lost 10 pounds, I feel amazing, whatever it is, I'm not going to put words in your mouth. But that was so powerful for her. Okay, so we've covered this. So if we think about our why, and you could rewrite some of the self-limiting beliefs, how could you connect more to that why? So let's say um, your why is to run about, be able to run about with your kids. That's a really common one. I want to be able to go out on the bikes with the kids and not be the person dying at the back and having to get them to stop. Or one of my clients um, had climbed a hill with her kids and she only got halfway up it and had to go back. And that was her goal. That was her very first goal to be able to go and climb the hill with the kids. And she did it and she was the first up and the kids were the ones behind panting. And she was so proud of herself. But that was her why. She didn't want her kids to go, oh my goodness. How would rewriting your story? So for the guys that are saying, I can't lose weight or I always fail. If you change that to, I'm going to succeed or I can lose weight. I had a client that genuinely thought she was a genetic freak and couldn't, and couldn't lose weight because she told herself she couldn't lose weight. Therefore, wasn't take, taking the action required because what's the point? Because you can't lose weight. But when we got rid of that and we wrote a new story, she lost two and a half stone. Not overnight. Not overnight. I think that was over about six months. Um, but if you could rewrite your story, how would that affect your results? How would it affect your journey as well and how it felt to approach it? So you can go in. One of the girls um, from the Fuse program had written that and I've shared it as a, as a win this week, but it's, it was that she now looks forward to exercise, she loves it, and it's no longer a chore or something that has to be done to punish herself for something that she ate at the weekend. Think about how much more enjoyable that journey is. And if you could rewrite that story and you believed that you could nail it and you believed that you could do it and you could lose weight, how would that affect the actions that you took this week? If you believe it's possible, you're going to take more action you're going to be dying to do it because it's a step closer like the 2p's in the 2p machine it's another 2p in the slot so have a think about rewriting this story all right anybody got a wee synopsis of a story you could rewrite somebody's following me non-stop i'm just going to switch this off so of the ones that you put at the beginning of your self-limiting beliefs rewrite me a little message of how you can turn that around and then therefore positively and proactively affect your actions this week get typing people i'm gonna drink my coffee it's gone cold and it's the very last bit of my decaf coffee <laughs> I'll just let these um, sayings linger in the background while you're typing away. Rewrite me your story. Is it a long story? Have I sent you all to sleep? There we go, Louise. 
I'm going to keep smashing steps. I've shown myself this week that even with with being away, I'm guessing I say you can do it 100%, Louise. Look at the difference. And I want you to think about, one, how that's going to positively impact your fat loss, but also mentally, I bet you feel so much better. And there's two parts to that. There's the, the physicality of getting outside and moving more, but you've achieved a goal of something that you probably thought in the past or told yourself it's too difficult for me to get steps in because I sit at a desk all day. It's not. Like you say, you've proven to yourself that you can do it. So now you know. And I bet it feels bloody good as well. Who else? Who else? Who else? Jeanette, I never thought I'd be able to go to the gym and enjoy it, but I do and look forward to classes and how I feel afterwards. I love that. Absolutely love that. And Jeanette's always got a smile on her face. Even when I know you're finding it difficult and you're finding it hard, you've always got a smile on your face. And think about that that enjoyable journey. Um, I mean, I think if you're enjoying it at the time, then that's not a good workout. Like, I hate all my workouts when I'm doing them. And then afterwards, I'm like, I feel amazing. This is great. Um, but during it, you should be think, questioning your life choices, I think. But no, you come in and absolutely smash it and think about if you hated it and you were doing it because it was part of the challenge, end of these six weeks, that would be you. You would stop. But you enjoy it. So hopefully, but the chances are if you enjoy something, one, you'll make time for it. Two, you'll put the effort in. And three, the journey is enjoyable. It's not a chore. And I don't want that for anyone. Right. Gillian, Alana, get your stories rewritten. Let's go. You just remember, nothing changes, nothing changes. I've had to use a lot of these. I don't know if you saw my post about Cora today, but um, we've had to go through all this with the dance comps because, because she's lazy and she wants the easy way in and she doesn't want to have to do the work. And now she's injured. Oh my goodness, we've had some mourning tonight. Um, and having to think about being proactive about, okay, well, we're getting to semi-finals, but she's not getting placed. So you want to get placed? Well, this is what you had to do. And she was trying to cut corners. She was trying to not do the boring stuff like the stretching. Doesn't want to do the stretching. Um, that's fine, don't do it, but you're not going to win. So you decide on what your action is and you can be proactive about it. So she's hurt her ankle um, and she wanted to go to dancing tonight. And I'm saying, no, you have to be proactive about your recovery. You want the end result. You've got to maybe do something just now that you don't want to do. So she didn't want to miss her dancing, but we've missed it. We've got a pink anklet on to support it we've got muscle rub in it we've got ice on it and I'm like you do all these proactive things and it will absolutely get better and we can get back to it you don't you're just going to end up in a far worse state okay so nothing changes if nothing changes Alana thank you um after receiving your voice note this morning thinking about being able to complete anything I do feel it's still possible even though I'm doing overtime I will succeed at something 100% love this a lot. Dog shoving me across the room. 100%. Absolutely love it. And you can see how that story's changed. So, the story you were feeling this morning is impossible. I've got so much on my plate. And yes, it might not be your perfect week because you've got a lot of shifts and that at times it don't always tie in with being able to come to the gym. But that's okay. We can work around it. Not, not the week that you anticipated, but it doesn't have to be a complete failure. So, love that, Alana. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Okay. Gillian, I feel like you've left the building because you're not normally one to not talk. I'm just checking. I've not missed her. No. All right. Any questions from anyone about anything at all? It can be about self-limiting beliefs. Like if you're struggling to rewrite it, any questions? If you don't have a question, just put no.
Nope, nope. All right, so we're going to keep going through this this week on the Facebook group. So it gives you a chance to, because you can listen to this and that's fine, you'll be totally in it. And then you go away and get on with your normal life. This information is only useful if you do something with it. So with the lives again, and I do it sometimes as well. I attend lives and I think, right, that's it. And then life gets in the way and you just go and you've forgotten all about the live. Take it and take action with it because otherwise we've just wasted however long I've been on tonight. 45 minutes, could have been worse. Kills even kills Um, So yeah, take action with it. Any questions this week, just let me know, but we'll be post going up every day around self-limit and beliefs this week, and then we'll do another big challenge at the weekend. All right, hope you have a fantastic Monday evening. I will catch up with most of you tomorrow. If not, you know where I am if you need me. All right, guys, have a good night. I will speak to you soon.